Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Zeppelin's Berserk Bobcat Saloon. You got a belly up to the bar. We've kept your seat and it's great to see you back. Biff is going to be your bartender tonight. He pours with the best of them and the lava lamp is in fact lighted. It has been lighted now for three days straight. So this boy is all juiced up. And the reason I mentioned the lava lamp is because you can watch us on YouTube Live right now. You just can't watch us on Facebook because XSplit is still screwing up and asking me a host of questions that I know no answers to whatsoever. Technology. You gotta love it, right? Jesus Christ. We don't water our drinks, and he can't help me right now. We don't water our drinks just like we don't water our conversation. Politics, religion, crime, culture, economics, race, sex, science, law, we talk about it all right here at the saloon. Nothing is sacred, the speech is free, but the boom is not. Although we ask is that you flush the toilet, jiggle the handle, and don't forget to tip your waitress. Tonight is a very special night in the saloon. If I can get my act together. There we go. For the first hour, we have somebody who is not customarily interviewed at all does the interviewing he's the dude in control he's the guy that talks to people all the time and now we're going to have him on the show for the first hour and of course I'm talking about Sir Sir Ken of McClinton of uh, TECN the exceptional conservative network and we're going to talk to him for the first hour and the second hour We'll start with a happy story. There won't be any happy stories in this hour because I want to spend, uh, there's a lot of stuff I want to talk to Ken about. And once I get Ken on the air, uh, many questions for him. One of them is is going to be, hey, where is, where is TECN going these days? And I, Ken is busy with his show. I'm busy with my show. 
Ken is a great guy. We saw him in Freedom Fest in 2016, I believe. We didn't see him in 2017. And then SHR, we didn't get to go to Freedom Fest this year because we were on Freedom Fest probation. So we're going to talk to Ken here if I can figure this out. Now, I have got the phone right here Bluetoothed into the board. And, and Ken hasn't spoken that I know of on Facebook before. So let's see if BZ can tune in to Ken and get him on the air. This will be an amazing get if I can. Okay. Ken, I'm going to call your cell phone, darn it. See, in the meantime, now this thing is going to roll over to voicemail. What do you bet? (laughs) So, I'll tell you what. So when it does, I'm going to call his regular number after this. But when it goes over to voicemail, uh, I'm going to leave him a voicemail. Because Ken is probably... Please leave a message. Okay. Hey, Ken, it's BZ. I'm on the air right now. It's seven minutes after. And uh, that means it's uh, 1106 or 1107, your time. And uh, darn it, mister, uh, you missed the call. So I'll see you later. I'm going to have to call your other number. Goodbye. See, technology. You got to love it or you got to hate it. That's why BZ has plan B. And let's go over. This makes for great radio, by the way, when you go to plan B. Okay, here we go. And while I'm getting plan B, by the way, I'd like to say hello and welcome to everybody in chat. Welcome to Simone. Welcome to Dave. Welcome to Mike. Welcome to Jan. Welcome to Mary. Welcome to Beantown Billy and two viewers. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Guess who? Ken is calling. Okay. There we go. Ken, can I hear you, sir? I can see you. Yes, you can. Uh, Yes, you can. Okay. I can see you, but nobody else can can see you uh, because I don't have you. Oh, I can take off all my clothes now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay, folks, here's what's happening. And unfortunately, here's the before picture. Now, I can show people this. Here's the before picture. This is, you you can't see it real well. This is Ken in his studio, and he's still clothed. Okay, now I'm going to put the phone over here. And let's see if I can start. Do 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 ba ba do 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 ba ba do do do. Now, what you can't see is Ken Ken is stripping right now to this great music Hey have you ever seen a fat guy dance on the radio before you just missed it Ken damn it it's so sad man oh man well, it's, it is great to see you. Uh, I was hoping that I would be able to get you on the regular Facebook stuff instead of the video because the Facebook audio minus the video actually works out better. But you know what? Your volume is still good, and we can still hear you. Thank you. So uh, we'll be able to continue on with uh, life, which is already in progress. 
Now, Cameron, so what you're trying to say is that I'm loud and audacious enough to actually be on tonight. Yes, you are. Now I've got I've got the input cranked up like crazy. Let me pull this up a little bit more so people can hear you just peachy. Um, I was going to come out with some kind of a grandiose introduction, but in lieu of that, what I'd like to do is right up front, I'd like to go back to 2016 just for a moment. And first, number one, number one, thank you ever so kindly for uh, staying up late right now, because in D.C., which is where Ken lives, and that's where he's broadcasting from his studio right now. Ooh, there's his wife behind him. She's putting a hat on his head. And, uh, yeah, baby. You know you want this. I know, I know. But the thing that people can't see is I had no idea you were that hairy. My- yes. Hey, I only promise 30 seconds of pleasure. The other three minutes, <laughs> the other three minutes are your responsibility. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing is I had no idea that back hair could be done up in braids. So that's impressive. I have to say that's very impressive. And and again, listen, I spent a lot of money on that yak, so I'm very glad that you were able to witness it. Listen, uh, I've been looking for kudos. I am not. <laughs> I am nothing if not appreciative. But I'm also appreciative for this uh, that you're staying up so late. I mean, it's eleven ten right now where you are back on the East Coast. It's only eight ten here on the left coast. So number one, thank you for that. And like I say, let's go back to 2016. Because in 2016, after uh, just uh, having uh, gone to the Freedom Fest together, uh, I, that's the first yeah. time that I'd met you. And even in 2016, when I went to Freedom Fest, I had no radio show. Now, I was with the Sackhead dudes, and everybody remembers that they whipped me, beat me, and, and made me write bad checks. And I drove their radio equipment in the Kraut car all the way from where I live uh, down to Las way, Vegas. And that took... That's By a- the way, I just want to tell you, I was really jealous that they beat you. Uh, you know, I was looking for that, but they chose you. They, they <laughs> Yeah, they beat me, they whipped me, they made me write bad checks. They made me wear the rubber underwear. I had to wear the rubber underwear. Oh, no! Which is Not even the wor- rubber underwear. Yeah, that's even worse. <laughs> and, and, and worse yet, it's I had a choice. I could either have the rubber underwear with the checkerboard pattern on it, or I could have SpongeBob SquarePants. And they then they took away the checkerboard thing and they made me wear the SpongeBob SquarePants underwear while I'm driving my Kraut car down to Las Vegas. Now, that story having been told, what did occur is that that's the first time that I met you. And I began to understand that uh, you had a radio show, uh, the underground professor was there, a whole bunch of people that I'd met that I'd never met before. And now you were there with, with your wife, with Mrs. Biggs, and I got to meet her. She's a wonderful, wonderful lady. And uh, from that point, even though I had no radio show, you took me aside and said, son. And I said, yes. And you said, son. And I said, yes. And you said, you know, would you like to come on my show on Monday nights and, and we'll chat I'd like to have you on my show. Now, I was completely unproven. I was an unknown quantity as far as you were concerned. I mean, you and I spent some time broadcasting in Freedom Fest, and we chatted a lot, yeah. and we, we had some, some dinners together and whatnot. But other than that, well, you had no damn idea about, who I was. Let's be, let's be real about the Freedom Fest. Uh, actually, we were wearing the, uh, the housemaid outfits, so that uh, Clint and Sean could whistle at us as we were serving them drinks. That's that's really what that was all about. 
true, but I could tell. I could tell. Even in that situation, they favored you because you got the. No, I'll tell. I mean, I'm going to tell everybody why. It's because you got the. I wanted the damn red high heels, and you took them. You got them, and then I, I wanted the feather duster, and you got the feather duster. So I'm left with this this maid's outfit, and no feather duster, and I'm wearing flats. I mean, good God, have these people no respect? And the answer is none whatsoever. They, they treated no you like respect. the rookie you were. They were. They whipped me and they beat me and they made me carry all their equipment, all their radio equipment, in the back. So he, I get to. Uh, let's see. Uh, it was at Planet Hollywood in '15, if I'm not mistaken. And so I go up and I have to pay to valet park the damn car. Uh, Ken, did I get any of that money back? No, of course not. For fuck's sake, no, I didn't. So it's my labor, okay? I have to lift, you know, 75,000 pounds of junk and gurp out of the back of my car, put it on these these carts that the, the valet guy that I had to pay $10 to kindly loaned me out of the graciousness of his heart. And then I had to labor on, take all that crap up to my room on the 28th floor, you know, so that was all my labor. And then these guys fly in leisurely, first class. They're drunk as hell. They've been sipping vodka and mimosas all along as they're as they're flying into Las Vegas. Then they get limoed there. Uh, there's uh, there's a whole bunch of people there to applaud them and whatnot. They walk in like grand guests. And in the meantime, I'm conked out, and they don't call me until the next day. They say, by the way, would you be so kind as to bring our radio equipment down to the Freedom Fest, and uh, uh, maybe we'll tip you. In. D- but wait a minute. Do you think I got tipped? Ken, do you think I got tipped? Nah, no. Nah, not at all. No. But, but you know what? They no. did allow you to take the stairs. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, you la- you laugh. You laugh. Okay. They knew that if I took the stairs first that I would damage their equipment. So they let me use the elevator the first time. But when I'm going up to my room to get them refreshments, because they said, hey, we don't have any money for that kind of stuff. You're going to have to go get the the Cokes and the Pepsis. And then we'd like something stiffer in our drinks. And my first response was, no, I'm not putting a dildo in your drink. Okay, that's not going to happen. So I had to climb. Well, they said it. Yeah, they said a stiff drink, and, you know, what else can I think of? That's the way that my mind flows. I had to walk 28 flights of stairs down to, you know, and then I had to, yeah, uh, they made me say, you didn't see it, but they, whenever I addressed them, both of them, or individually, they had me say, yes, Sahib. <laughs> Don't forget that. Okay, I was the greenhorn. I was the greenhorn, I admit. But I had no idea that the hazing rituals for SHR were that bad. Now, having said that... They are. Listen, I found out. Having said that, though, I want to thank you personally from the bottom of my clotted heart just waiting for my factory-issued heart attack these days um, for having me on your show because you, you have been nothing if but gracious and consistent. You've had me on every Monday night. Um, and I really, really appreciate that because basically having been in radio in the 70s and then gone through my career, etc., you were my first opportunity coming back to radio and you took a chance on me because at the time I didn't even have a show you could listen to. 
to find out, hey, is this guy a total fuckwit or what? And yeah. so I want to thank you for allowing me that opportunity because that opened a bunch of doors since then. You, you know, I just want to say this uh, about you, uh, Sean. Um, <laughs> I just... <laughs> But, BZ, in all seriousness, uh, when I met you for the first time there, I knew that you had a great immense amount of talent. Um, And your orations, which is picture perfect, uh, your expressions, uh, your your hilarious uh, sense of humor, uh, your humility, uh, those were all caveats to just being a great, great, on-air personality, whether in video or in audio. Uh, and as I said there, the first time we had a conversation there with the band. Do you remember the band that came in and started playing the music? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and I got a chance to play the bongos. That, that was wonderful. But I, the the sitting there with you, literally one-on-one because there was a lot of one-on-one time for us because uh, Sean and Clint uh, were the talents. They they were the most important persons at Freedom Fest. Right, they just, really were. Right. Uh, just ask them. Yeah. Our, yeah. <laughs> our job was just to look pretty. Right. Uh, yeah. and, <laughs> don't and, say nothing. And to shut just up and drive pretty. the car and, and pull the luggage. Right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but in all seriousness, um, you are one of America's greatest talents when it comes to uh, conservative messaging, uh, when it comes to research, when it comes to writing, um, there is none like you out there today. And it is a tremendous honor to have you on my program every Monday night. Uh, it is a tremendous honor to have met you and to have uh, introduced you to the world of my program. <laughs> I take that credit, okay? Not Sean, not Clint. I take that credit. You should, as a matter of fact. Because, hey, you, you gave me an outlet way the hell before they did. <laughs> and, and what part of what uh, I just said is incorrect? None of it. That's that a, that's absolutely correct. But but you are a tremendous, tremendous talent. And one of the, one of the worst things that could possibly happen uh, is that the rest of the world not hear you. Um, what you write, it's frustrating. Uh, your your commitment uh, to spreading the good news is just. Uh, I'm in awe of it myself, uh, and that's why when I'm going to my Voice of Liberty page, you and Jeff Dunnett are there. Uh, your two writing styles are the only ones that are there outside of mine. Um, I hold you all in great esteem uh, as writers, as orators. But you are a significant on-air testimony, and California should be waking up to you every single night because, first and foremost, you're the person who sells the feces app uh, in San Francisco. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, but I can't make any money on that. Uh, they've said that I I can't monetize poop. The only people that can monetize poop is, is the city of San Francisco. Exactly. But uh, you are a tremendous, tremendous author, a tremendous orator. Um, you remind me of what real radio was supposed to be and what it is 
um, and how you transcend that marketplace uh, to the modern era of doing video uh, is just enormously wonderful to watch. Uh, and I, I just, I, I, I would be shocked if you are not picked up anywhere else or your programming doesn't get launched everywhere else. You are a brilliant man. You have great talent. Uh, I consider you a, one of my bestest friends. Um, and Sean didn't pay me to say that. Uh. <laughs> well, okay, you laugh, and the other people may laugh, but I know you're telling the truth because Sean wouldn't do that. That Anything to come out of his pocketbook? Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. He wouldn't pay you. I, listen, I'm going to tell you all, if you all want to play a practical joke on Sean, tie a dollar bill to a string and pull it. Watch what I- <laughs> Oh my God! I never thought about that. That's actually a damn good idea. That's that's damn skippy idea. <laughs> but man, you are immense, and you are a star. Well, I, um, I don't know about the star, but I am immense. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know that most stars are filled with gas. So you know, hey. <laughs> uh, and it is a tremendous honor to listen to you, to watch you. Uh, and I'm encouraging everybody. Everybody should share tonight's show uh, to a friend because listening to you, not because I'm on it. Uh, well, that's another reason why you should share it. But uh, <laughs> of course, <laughs> hey, let's be, let's be honest. Of course, that's another reason. Yes, hell but, yes. But can you be, can you believe it? I'm, I'm in my own show uh, in my chat room, and people are calling me narcissistic, arrogant, self-centered, what? egotistical. Can you believe? What? I can't believe that. What? <laughs> Okay, here's here's what I have to say, though. Here's what the people over on this side, they can't see. Unfortunately, what they can't see is that now you're wearing a ghillie suit. And, and I thought, yeah. you know, where did she get that? She comes in very quietly and puts the ghillie suit on top of you. And then I don't... The, but the, the fedora on top of that isn't quite in keeping with the ghillie suit. So... Going to really impress you towards the end of this interview. I'm going to switch over and wear the skivvies I used to wear when I was nine years old. Yeah. Oh God. I uh, tell you what. God bless you if you fit into those. God bless us all. Because right now, my my nine year old skivvies might make a good. I like a maybe a left tit bra. That'd that'd be about all they're good for. Time together, boy. Yeah. We can corner the marketplace. <laughs> hey, this is great. In chat, Jan McKillop says, hey, super glue a quarter to the floor and watch Sean try to pick it up. <laughs> That's pretty. That's freaking hilarious. Jan. It would, he would do <laughs> Jan. That's pretty damn good. That's good. That's, that's really good. That's, that's, uh, that's good material. Uh, I like that. But you know what? It was wonderful going uh, to Freedom Fest with Sean uh, because Sean uh, always disappeared when it came time for us to pay the check. Okay, so I wasn't Uh, the only one that noticed that. (laughs) And Clint would go looking for him. So I just thought that was kind of weird. Right. (laughs) Isn't it weird how Clint was always the first guy to to volunteer to look for him? You know, I don't think they were. Always the first? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God! 
that's kind of weird. Um, <laughs> before we go too deep into this stuff, um, I want folks, there might be, but probably not, but anybody that may happen to listen to this in podcast, tell people uh, where you can be read, where you can be found, and more importantly, where you can be seen and heard. You can be, I can be seen at the post office on the wall. Okay. Um, All right. Is it? <laughs> there's a funny your, poster there with my face on it. Okay. And your favorite uh, grocery it, store? You know, mine's is right next to yours because we both said some very harsh things about the FBI. And then one week later, we're in the post office. Yeah. <laughs> Man, they're not real happy with me. <laughs> uh, but everyone, you can go to tecn.biz. Tecn.biz, the exceptional conservative show dot com. Uh, you can go there and you can watch. I'm on initlive.tv, uh, and I'm there on Monday nights through Friday nights from nine to nine oh five p.m. to eleven p.m. Eastern time. Uh, and we have the most fun. We talk about five specific things. We talk about Christianity, conservatism, capitalism, constitutionalism, and individual sovereignty. Uh, and we try to make it as fun as NPR possibly would allow. Right. So please come. Right. That's always a good yardstick is using NPR. Perfect. I like that a lot. T- yeah, sweaty balls. <laughs> T- <laughs> TECN has changed a massive amount in the past year. So, uh, by the way, let me let me tell people, we got about three more minutes before the bottom of the hour break. Let me tell people how you happen to get here tonight. And, and again, that's another reason that I want to thank you. Early Wednesday, yesterday, I got a bee in my bonnet, and I thought, ah, I, who haven't I talked to in quite a while? And I thought, oh, yeah, Ken. And I, I thought, okay, this is... <laughs> This is I'm gonna I'm gonna go down like a like a Japanese kamikaze aiming at the midway. So I thought, okay, I'll tell you what, I'll send a message to Ken and I'll invite you on the show for Thursday, thinking that okay, it's going to be eleven o'clock and Ken's going to tell me to you know <clears throat> anyway. And the the first <laughs> word that came back from you like ten seconds later was sure. So. Thanks for that. I really, really appreciate that. That. Uh, Thank you. Wow. So. Well, uh, and well, you know, I didn't you, expect you, it. You actually. Well, actually, you highlighted the uh, limits of my vernacular. You, you know that I can only use four-letter words. So, uh, sure. Well, it's. <laughs> <laughs> it's. It's like I tell people towards the end of the day, like when the days that I have radio shows, men are only allowed a certain number of vowels, consonants and words per day. Now, women may or may not know that. But in order to save up for my radio show, generally, I don't say anything until like right around noon time because I'm saving my words so that I can use them towards the end of the day on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. I don't have to worry quite so much because I'm not on your air for two hours, so I can I can start talking a little earlier, like around 9 a.m. or so. And I, and I appreciate that. So, again, thank you for Mondays for that because I, I'm a little bit more verbose earlier in the day uh, than that. Right, is this a discipline lesson for women? Is this what you're trying to say? Uh, no, I should follow your discipline. Some women may know that. Some women may not know that. I just was throwing it out there in case they wonder why, you know, after a certain period of time, men kind of respond 
to uh, re- to questions in a series of clicks and grunts. And, and if, yeah. if if women hear that, then uh, now they at least have a, a basic understanding of, of what's going on. Folks, we are talking to the exceptional conservative, Sir Ken of McClinton. And after we take this break, <laughs> we are going to be right back. Please don't go anywhere. Thanks to everybody in the chat room tonight. It's great to see you. You're listening to the SHR Media Network. The new show on the SHR Media Network, Sackheads Against Tyranny, on shrmedia.com. Go there quick like a bunny, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific, every Wednesday, live and direct on the SHR Media Network, shrmedia.com. Be there. Human by race, Christian by faith, American by nationality and conservative by choice. Reverend Ralph J. Chittam Sr. is the right guy on SHR Media from 8.05 to 9 p.m. Monday through Friday. And if on the rare occasion I am ever wrong, I will still always be right. The right guy on SHR Media. When dirty politicians, shadow governments, and deceptive Islam blind the world with fake stream media smoke, their only fear is one man with a cane. I'm Dave Milner. Join me through shrmedia.com, highplainstalkradio.com, and the Western Free Radio Network at Spreaker, YouTube, and iTunes for a different perspective weekly on The Unpleasant Blind Guy. And catch me on Jeff Mitchell's EDL Radio on blogtalkradio.com. There's no surrender ever. Because truth is not always pleasant. Hey, this is Michael Wright. And I'm Shannon Wright. Join us for The Right Way with Shannon and Mike, Monday through Thursday from 7 to 9 a.m. right here on SHR Media. Why are they joining us? For fun things like sports, politics. Oh, maybe some news and entertainment. And all kinds of other things. Money and recipes and events, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, so join us Monday through Thursday, 7 to 9 a.m. here on SHRmedia.com. Hey, who's going to take Sean's chair? Uh, well, uh, I'll I'll run the buttons if you want. The what? The bu- Well, the slider, the slider the thingies. The those what? things. We have those. Yeah, right, right over there. Where? It's, it's on the board. That damn technology. Fucking technology. I know. What are we going to call it? Sack call what? The show. What? The show. What show? The new show, Wednesdays. Every Wednesdays, every Wednesday on shrmedia.com. 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. Um, Sackheads, sackheads. Against tyranny. There you go. Against tyranny. I like that. I like that. Let's do it. You guys are port. Hello. I'm Tim Hart. I'm the guy BZ hires due to his shameless contract with the SHR Media Network to voice his promos. He'd like me to tell you that the Bloviating Zeppelin's Berserk Bobcat Saloon radio show can be found on SHR Media Network, Spreaker, and YouTube every Tuesday and Thursday night at 11 p.m. Eastern and 8 p.m. Pacific, featuring right thinking from a left brain and doing the job the American media maggots won't. You'll find that the speech is free, but the drinks are not. There, in the saloon, just when safety pin manufacturers are running out of metal for the diapers of the leftists, BZ is sending his personal drones of freedom into the wheelhouses and ossicles of lovers of sovereignty and liberty nationally and globally. Broadcasting behind enemy lines in occupied California, BZ swears that no rights were harmed in the making of this promo. 
It's your business diva here, Melanie Collette. I am inviting you to a front row seat as I discuss some of the most intriguing details of wealth and finance with today's movers and shakers in the world of business. Listen in and discover financial truths on a global, domestic, and household scale. Uncover topics that will impact your wallet today and in the future. Money Talk with Melanie airs Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. East, 2 p.m. West, right here on SHR Media and High Plains Pundit Talk Radio. You can't afford to miss it. Conservative media done right. You're listening to the SHR Media Network. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to the Bloviating Zeppelin's Preserved Bobcat Saloon Radio Show, live and direct from the SHR Media Network palatial and sumptuous studios as you peek around. Uh, yeah, well, I'm not going to turn the camera around, but they are sumptuous and palatial as crap. Here's palatial, here's sumptuous, and that's what these studios are. We are talking tonight, uh, thank goodness, by the way of uh, Facebook. Facebook, uh, this is great because up, up in the little, I've never done a little video thing before, and I'm, I'm pointing to my camera, and my finger is getting in the way, and Ken is watching that. Stop so pointing I, at me. I know. Stop I can, I can see my finger up in the corner, and then there's Ken. And now Ken is not in his ghillie suit anymore, so I can't tell because it, it cuts him off right around the nipple line, so I can't tell what, what he's wearing underneath there right now, and it's probably just as well in any event. I'm getting ready to put on my cheetah guard. <clears throat> Ah, very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, and again, thanks to everybody in chat. Uh, Simone, uh, Mike, Jan, Mary, uh, Ken, you're in chat. And Dave and Beantown Billy and one viewer. Come out of the closet, please. One viewer. Um, here's some things that, that occurred, and I'd, I'd like to have you weigh in on them. Because just when everyone is saying that, oh, woe is me, everything is turning to crap, well, then reality uh, steps in. And it turns out that the newest Rasmussen poll, oh, my God, has <gasps> Donald John Trump, the guy with the dead orange cat on his head, at 50%, 50% approval ratings. Now, let's back that taxi up just for a second, because that turns out that that was higher. His ratings are higher than Obama's were at this point in his term. And, of course, you're not hearing about that from the American media maggots at all. And uh, it, the funny thing is, Hispanics are actually uh, boosting his numbers of all crazy things. I read this article from the Washington Times, and it said this, Are Hispanics shifting their allegiances to President Trump. A recent Harvard-Harris poll recorded a 10-point spike in Hispanic support for Mr. Trump. It hasn't received much attention from the mainstream media. <gasps> Imagine that! <laughs> I, I am shocked. Yeah, I, I know. Am yeah, thank get in and start the night with that one. Thank God <laughs> you're sitting down, because it's... That the what I call the LDAM, the leftists, the Democrats, and the American media maggots—they are all invested incredibly in uh, making the making Trump look as stupid and ridiculous as they possibly can, and yet he keeps on winning, so to speak. Now you're in D.C. You have tons of yeah. really great people on your show, and so you've got your. 
I mean, you're just, I'm two miles from the belly of the beast here on the left coast. But I mean, federally, you're sitting in a town where everybody talks, everybody leaks, and you're talking to the people that make news every night. So I got to ask you, and that's one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on the show. Are you getting some kind of a, a vibe about the temper of the times and, you know, <clears throat> The American media maggots are, are, are going to purposely not tell you a lot of things. But what is it that you might be hearing about, say, the GOP or conservatives uh, that a lot of people aren't talking about because you're there. You're right in the middle of it. Well, I want to tell you, first and foremost, I don't believe in polls. Um, I, I don't like those polls. Uh, and, and quite frankly, Anyone who tells you that his rating is at 50% right now is about 15 points off. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> the now, guy is a in, in masterful what, wonder. In what direction, though? That they're 15 low? 15. They're 15 lower than they should be. I think his poll ratings, if you looked across America, not at the uh, scenes that are given to you by CNN and MSNBC and um, whatever other leftist material is out there, uh, including Fox News at time. Um, the the bottom line is they don't show all of the individuals who are at the rallies, like the Tampa rally. That Tampa rally had what, like thirty thousand people there. Oh, they at were the packed. Tampa rally. Yeah, packed. Oh my, yeah, but they only showed like maybe three or four hundred people. You, you know, uh, no one's coming out. So I believe it's really, really skewed. America loves being great. They love to have a man who stands next to Vladimir Putin and is bold enough to challenge his own intelligence agencies, as if it really doesn't matter what Vladimir Putin does and his ilk. Uh, listen, we are a tremendous nation. We need to get our act together. That took boldness. And I know how it was reported to the rest of the world as if it was treason. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That was boldness. That, that's a leader. That's a leader who understands that, first and foremost, Russia uh, it has uh, – come on. Russia is kind of like that, that baseball team that's across the street from you that keeps telling you that they're going to kick your butt. And every time you play them, you beat them like 21 to nothing. Uh, it, that's Russia to us. It's, Russia is so insignificant. The only thing they got going for them uh, is nuclear weapons and Angela Merkel. Uh, with a pipeline, yeah, and, <laughs> and, yeah. Quite and frankly, Gazprom, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what I'm hearing, first and foremost, congratulations to Jim Jordan for coming forward and saying he's going to run for Speaker of the House. Yes, it may not happen, but it took courage for him to do that. And yes. what he's signaling is that America is moving to a more conservative uh, House. And I believe America's moving to a more conservative Senate, which is why you find Jim Manchin from West Virginia uh, beginning to sound a whole lot like uh, Jeff Sessions uh, in his last year in the U.S. Senate. He's beginning to sound a whole lot more conservative than he's ever been and willing to go against his own party uh, to make sure that he wins election uh, this fall. America is great uh, in, a, in, in a week in which uh, North Korea sent back the fragment yes. of our veterans Wonderful. Uh, who died, uh, in a, and we had a 4.1 GDP in that same week. In the same week, 
uh, that he told North Korea, if you build anything else, I'm going to blow you off the face of the earth. I, I mean, it, last week was just an epic week uh, for Donald Trump, and he's still not finished. He's, he really hasn't started doing anything just yet. And yet, we're depending on CNN and MSNBC and your local news channel to tell you whether America likes him or not. This is how America likes Donald Trump. Uh, 3.9 unemployment. 4.1 GDP. Yep. 25,000 on the Dow. America is great again. And the defense bill passed this week out of the House and Senate. Our servicemen are going to get paid on time. America is great again. The funny thing was that I I see, and, and people don't portray it in this fashion. Oh, the other thing is that some people are predicting that there could be like a 5% GDP, which is damn skippy as far as I'm concerned. But the thing that I loved about it is when Trump went to NATO, shamed the living shit out of the Germans across the table from him, said, hey, you're, you're beholden to Russia by way of Gazprom. And by the way, I'll slip this in too. If you don't want to be quite so beholden, we've got an ass load of CNG over here in the United States. And then what happens about two weeks later? Yeah, Juncker from the EU sits down with Trump and says, dude, let's talk about gas. Isn't that amazing? Then Trump starts. It is to, yeah. Then Trump it, starts talking it, about shutting down the government. And then yesterday, what do they start doing? They passed about either five or six uh, or seven of the 12 spending bills that they need to pass so that they don't shut down the government. So. D- Trump is playing these dudes like a trombone. It's wonderful to see. It, it's just incredible. It, it, you know, what? one of the most amazing things is, uh, as dumb as Donald Trump is, as ignorant as Donald Trump is, as <laughs> racist as Donald Trump is, America is on its A game under Donald Trump. Uh, and, and in fact, remember when we were all frightened of China? Uh, it, I mean, when we listen to the press, even on Fox News, oh, you better not upset China. Oh, yeah. Tariffs, All of a tariffs, sudden, tariffs, tariffs. Exactly. All of a sudden, <clears throat> North Korea is beginning to consider putting up an American flag somewhere because they like to be America now. Yeah. <laughs> and on top of that, China is in a precarious situation because the European Union has decided, you know what? This whole idea of no trade zone, no, I mean, zero trade zone yeah. for tariffs, uh, you know, we treat the U.S. like they treat us. Yeah. That's looking pretty good to us right now. China has, is running out of real partners in the trade in trade game. Uh, and so the, the worst thing they could do uh, right now is fight Donald Trump on tariffs. And Donald Trump knows that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's just like when he was talking about tariffs, he said, uh, you know, and people said, oh, tariffs, tariffs, you're going to blow the world up in a nuclear conflagration. North Korea, you can't call him the rocket man. The world is going to blow up in a nuclear conflagration. And then the funny thing was the EU comes around with regard to tariffs. So they're starting to see the light now. Trudeau in Canada, he's not seeing shit. But the funny thing is also we're finding out kind of sub Rosa in the background. China is making noise kind of like well maybe we need to get on this uh, conciliatory tariff bus as well is 
Isn't that funny, Ken McClinton, how that stuff all works out? Because you and I both know Donald John Trump, the guy with the dead orange cat on top of his head, is the dumbest piece of crap that has ever inhabited the Oval Office. Just ask CNN. Oh, Oh, CNN, who has the worst ratings that they've ever had. The MSNBC is kicking their butt all across the television landscape. Here's how good CNN is. CNN just got beat by the Tibetan bell ringing channel, okay? So that's how great they are. But I want to play... And it wasn't even close. No, not even close, for God's sake. And I want to play a little tete-a-tete for you and then get your comments. This is a tete-a-tete that occurred today between Jim Acosta and Sarah Huckabee Sanders. And Jim Acosta, as per normal, thinks everything is all about him. The enemy of the people. I, I, I think we, we deserve that. I think the president has made his position known. I also think it's ironic. Telling us, I'm, I'm Sarah, trying to answer you your question. Okay, well, I, I politely waited and I even called on you despite the fact that you interrupted me while calling on your colleague. Well, I said it's ironic. Which is why I interrupted. I'm trying. But if you, if you finish, yeah. if you would not mind letting me have a follow-up, that would be fine. But it's ironic. Jim, uh, that not only you and the media... Wait, here comes the sword. She's about to throw the sword. ...media attack the president for his rhetoric uh, when they frequently lower the level of conversation in this country. Repeatedly, repeatedly, the media resorts to personal attacks without any content other than to incite anger. Uh, the media has attacked me personally on a number of occasions, including... True. ...in your own network, said I should be harassed as a life sentence, that I should be choked. ICE officials are not welcomed in their place of worship and personal information is shared on the internet. When I was hosted by the Correspondents Association, of which almost all of you are members of, you brought... Ooh, she's running the pike all the way through all of these fuckers. ...a comedian up to attack my appearance and call me a traitor to my own gender. In fact, as I know... Um, I'm, as far as I know, I'm the first press secretary in the history of the United States that's required Secret Service protection. No, the media the can... Stop just for a second. That in and of itself is an amazing statement that that... You know, they talk about, oh, boo, who is us? We're so trod upon. You have now a spokesperson for the White House, who happens to be Sarah Huckabee Sanders. She's required... To have now, because of threats, clearly, Secret Service protection? Continues to ratchet up the verbal assault against the president and everyone in this administration. And certainly we have a role to play, but the media has a role to play for the discourse in this country as well. And, and sir, if you don't mind, if I, if, hold on, if I may follow up, if I may follow up, excuse me, you did not say... Okay, Jim Acosta just told his fellow... Uh, journalist, uh, take a big cup of shut the fuck up because it's all about me, Jim Acosta. In the course of those remarks that you just made, that the press is not the enemy of the people. Are we to take it from what you just said? We all get put through the ringer. We all get put in the meat grinder in this town, and you're no exception. And I'm sorry that that happened to you. I wish that that, that had not happened. But for, for the sake of this, this room, the people who are in this room, this democracy, this country, all the people around the world are watching what you're saying, Sarah, and the White House for the United States of America 
the President of the United States should not refer to us as the enemy of the people. His own daughter acknowledges that, and all I'm asking you to do, Sarah, is to acknowledge that right now and right here. I, I appreciate your passion. I share it. Um, I've addressed this question. I've addressed my personal feelings. I'm here to speak on behalf of the president. He's made his comments clear. And that is how she skewers and continues to skewer the crap out of the American media maggots. It's absolutely, it's joyful. I have a problem there with her last line um, that she shares their their passion. Uh, No, you don't. You don't share because they're not passionate about truth. You're passionate about truth. They're not passionate about uh, facts. You're passionate about facts. The media today is nothing more than an extension of the Marxist, socialist, communistic pursuits of uh, authoritarian regimes known as the Democrat Socialist Party of America. They, they have exactly. no interest whatsoever exactly. uh, in terms of putting, presenting truth to America. Yes, some of the press is the enemy of the people, period. Well, then Donald Trump also came out with a tweet later on today uh, that said that the press is not the enemy of the state. It's fake news that's the enemy of the state. And I, I completely have to agree. Now, here's another audio cut that re, uh, that was recorded at, I think, not tonight's rally, but either last night or the night before. This is, uh, again, uh, Jimmy Acosta of CNN trying to make a stand-up in terms of that rally. This is great. There's a guy in the background that says blacks for Trump. And if you can't tell what they're saying to Jim Acosta... And he's not saying a thing. He's stymied right there. What they're saying to Jim Acosta is CNN sucks. CNN sucks. You know, you know, it was really funny the way he went on the air the following day, whining and complaining that he didn't feel like he was in America anymore. Well, guess what? Neither does uh, the press secretary for the United States of America feel she's in America, in America anymore when you're in the White House. Yeah. No. That that is a militaristic regime known as the leftist press, whose only purpose is to spread the agenda of the Marxist, socialist, communists that make up the establishment of Washington D.C. The only way that we can defeat them is to have guys like you, BZ, on the air presenting the truth to America and fighting the good fight. Whether it's Breitbart News or whatever, we all have to continue fighting the good fight, spreading the good news around the world. You know, I noticed that in the background, and thank you, I noticed in the background that uh, there are there were a bunch of placards that said blacks for Trump. Well, you can't have that. You can't have black Americans no. doing something like that. I'd like to play this video for you. This came out of Bridget Gabriel, and uh, this is a, a, a meeting that uh, black Americans had with President Trump. And listen to what they happened to be saying right to President Trump's face. Probably going to be the, and I'm going to say this at this table, the most pro-black president that we've had in our lifetime because, and I try to, you know, analyze the people that I encounter 
This president actually wants to prove something to our community, our faith-based community and our ethnic community. The last president didn't feel like he had to. He felt like he didn't have to prove. He got a pass. This president, is, is this administration is probably going to be more proactive regarding urban revitalization and prison reform than any president in your lifetime. If we work together, give him a chance. Don't pay any attention to uh, these guys back here. And, <laughs> and I promise you, we will do something. That we will, this, is, this, this administration will continue to make history. And the administration, in my opinion, is continuing to make history. And that's also where you come in. You know, it's it's heresy. Well, let me let me back up a little bit on the street. If people happen to know you or maybe they don't know you, how much crap have you garnered because you support President Trump right now? Now, I don't think uh, I didn't support him in 2016 and I was dragged kicking and screaming into uh, his column. I'm glad I went there, if for no other reason than I'm a results-oriented guy, and he's getting results. But that having been said, what the hell has happened to you personally because now you're a Trump supporter? Well, let's just say that Big Mama won't invite me to the family barbecue anymore. Uh, I've been thrown out of two black churches because of my conservative views that I was uh, anti-abortion, um, that I believe that conservatism was the way in which uh, we are to actually express the great freedoms and liberties of Jesus Christ to the world. Um, I, my wife and I are, are not uh, intricately part of our families. Uh, people have to understand that if you're in San Francisco or Sacramento or Washington, D.C. or New York, um, you can't be a Republican. No. Uh, I mean, it's, a, it's an option if you're old and white, but you cannot be a Republican. And there's such retaliation that comes uh, in careers, uh, in business, in contracts, when you don't line up with the plantation mentality that comes with being a part of the Democrat Socialist Party. Yes, we have suffered greatly financially. We have suffered greatly in terms of relationships. But you know what? I would give it all up again uh, to follow Jesus. Uh, and to be the conservative that I am. And I pray that the example that I'm showing to those children that are watching what we do uh, merits their worth and continuance of saying, you know what, maybe I'm not a conservative way Ken is, but I certainly ain't a Democrat, and I will definitely, definitely make my own decisions and my own choices. That's what I'm hoping was going to take place in urban America. And I'm going to make this pronostication, because I've made this pronostication, uh, a pronostication on the night before the election, uh, and everybody at SHR uh, and in radio thought I was absolutely crazy uh, when I said that Donald Trump was going to win not eight, not nine, but he's going to win all ten of the states that he needed to win in order to beat Hillary Rodham Clinton. And everyone thought I was crazy. He won all 10. I'm going to tell you right now, black men, 20% of black men will vote for Donald John Trump in 2020. And what will happen is 10% of black women will vote for him. There's no statistical way that a Democrat will take office uh, in 2020. It's funny you should say that because uh, we got about three or four more minutes before the the top of the hour break. 
<clears throat> and I want to ask you this because you are in literally the belly of the DC beast and you have a lot more insight than certainly I would. And uh, the point is this. Trump is picking up black Americans. Trump is picking up Hispanics. We don't hear much about Asians. Um, I, I think they kind of skew moderate, uh, but he's picking up women. He this is the lowest unemployment rate we've enjoyed for black Americans, you for Hispanics. We, you have to be careful when you tell people that Donald Trump is picking up women. You got to be careful. Oh, good be. point. Good point. Thank you very much. for that. <laughs> Damn it. You, you do listen to what I say. Shit. God, man, I really have to watch what I Grab say. Grab them when they don't hurt. I know. Exactly. Exactly. So having said that. Everyone, uh, yeah, and you mentioned earlier, you said you can't go by polls. And I, and I mentioned the poll because I find that interesting that Rasmussen is trending that way. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's etched in stone. But because you have an insight that few other people do, and you hear things that few other people do, and you talk to people yeah. that uh, they have an inside track on, on reality, in truth, though, otherwise there isn't much reality, or truth in D.C. Yeah, because of the various trends and whatnot, the American media maggots are attempting to tell us that November we're toast. We're going to lose the house for sure. The house is theirs. It's theirs, and they may even pick up the Senate too. And once they do, Donald John Trump is done. He's gone. He's dog meat. Well, what's your That's thought on that? That's cool. That's cool. I'm going to tell you how. You can tell that the left is worried about uh, 2020 as well as 2018. Judge Jeanine Pirro, who's going to be on my show Monday night um, at 9, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, triggered Whoopi Goldberg. That was the first time in the history of The View that Whoopi Goldberg was triggered like that. They are stressed at this particular point because they see nothing on the horizon. They feel nothing on the horizon. There is no hope in the Democrat Party. If your hope is in Joe Biden, of all men, you are most woefully lost. Good the luck. second thing is Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. If that's what America is turning to, uh, trust me, there'll be a lot of Democrats jumping off the plantation very quickly uh, and moving over to vote for Donald Trump in 2020. Uh, thank you, Brooklyn, for making it abundantly clear. We have a choice in America. We can go the Democrat socialist way uh, or we can be capitalist and actually make money. And for all you Democrat socialists out there, rise up and fight. Hold your Apple phone with the light up That's so that the right. rest of the world can see who you are. Right. <laughs> yeah. Now that Apple is a trillion-dollar company, and each Apple phone that you're buying now, all you little leftists and, uh, and oh, we're Democrat socialists. Yeah, you're paying $1,000 for an iPhone. $1,000 for an iPhone. Let me propose this to you, Ken. Uh, we saw the, the crying, the wailing, the safety pins, the breast beating, the screaming at the skies, etc. cetera, uh, on, uh, on November 9th of 2016. What if, I'm suggesting this, what if, what then happens? It's an if-then equation. If, let's say, the GOP holds the House and they hold the Senate, and obviously they're going to keep the Oval Office. 
what happens on November 9th of 2018? Then what's left? What do they do? Exactly. When Virginia, West Virginia finally goes all red, um, and hopefully Alabama goes back to being a red state again, uh, what you're looking at right now uh, is a veritably difficult pathway for the Democrats to gain any ground whatsoever. Even Minnesota looks like it's about to turn red. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, you should not be ashamed. You should not be fearful. In fact, you should be blustery uh, in terms of your profession of support for Donald Trump, because guess what? There are people in your carpool right now that, you know, before they did their tax refund was anti-Trump. After they got their tax refund, pro-Trump. And next year's tax refund is going to be bigger than this year's tax refund. Ladies and gentlemen, you are on the winning team. You have won. You have won. It's going to get tired. We're going to all get tired winning, but you're winning. And quite frankly, we need to be telling everybody that we're winning. And there are lots of Democrats that are out there, lots of socialists out there that say, you know what? Uh, I, I like the way America's going right now. We're not afraid of anybody and everybody's afraid of us. That's the way it should be. One final question, because I know you got to go. That's this. Kavanaugh confirmed? Yes or no? In a heartbeat. Yep. And if it, if it, does, if it doesn't happen, um, then I'm going to ask the governor of Kentucky to pull back Senator Mitch McConnell to Kentucky. Bring him back home. If, and this, if people say, Ken, that's crazy. That, they don't do that. Yes, they used to do that. Uh, in the uh, Congresses of old, if you didn't do what the state told you to do, your butt was on the next Amtrak train back home. If he isn't, and if he is not brought up, then I think they should bring him up before the election. If he's not brought up for the, before the election, you need to send Mitch McConnell back home uh, so that he can enjoy the rest of his retirement uh, uh, and, and hopefully convince, uh, what's her name, from the U.S. Supreme Court, uh, to follow suit. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, you must be talking about Ruthie, baby. You know, the person... They should guarantee that five years. Yeah. <laughs> the, the same person that says to all leaders in Europe, you know, if you craft a new constitution, the one that you should completely avoid is the U.S. Constitution. Are you fucking kidding me? And the answer is no. I'm not kidding you. She said that. So, BZ, you are one of the greatest talents in America. Your writing is uh, leagues above most, uh, and your excellence in broadcasting is just beyond par. God bless you, sir. I love you dearly, uh, and I wish you the most success uh, in everything you put your hand and mouth to. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, Folks, we've been listening to Ken McClinton, the exceptional conservative. Ken, thank you ever so kindly, and thank you for your time. Uh, We went a little bit over. (laughs) Thanks again, Ken. How do I come out of that? I don't know. I guess maybe uh, I play this if I can. Let's see. Okay. You're listening to the SHR Media Network. The new show on the SHR Media Network, Sackheads Against Tyranny. 
on shrmedia.com. Go there quick like a bunny, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific, every Wednesday, live and direct on the SHR Media Network. shrmedia.com. Be there. Human by race. Christian by faith. American by nationality and conservative by choice. Reverend Ralph J. Chittam Sr. is the right guy on SHR Media from 8.05 to 9 p.m. Monday through Friday. And if on the rare occasion I am ever wrong, I will still always be right. The Right Guy on SHR Media. When dirty politicians, shadow governments, and deceptive Islam blind the world with fake stream media smoke, their only fear is one man with a cane. I'm Dave Milner. Join me through shrmedia.com, highplainstalkradio.com, and the Western Free Radio Network at Spreaker, YouTube, and iTunes for a different perspective weekly on The Unpleasant Blind Guy. And catch me on Jeff Mitchell's EDL Radio on blogtalkradio.com. There's no surrender ever. Because truth is not always pleasant. Hey, this is Michael Wright. And I'm Shannon Wright. Join us for The Right Way with Shannon and Mike, Monday through Thursday from 7 to 9 a.m., right here on SHR Media. Why are they joining us? For fun things like sports, politics. Oh, maybe some news and entertainment? And all kinds of other things. Money and recipes and events, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, so join us Monday through Thursday, 7 to 9 a.m., here on shrmedia.com. Hey, who's going to take Sean's chair? Uh, well, uh, I'll, I'll run the buttons if you want. The what? The bu- well, the slider. The slider the thingies. The those what? things. We have those? Yeah. Right, right over there. Where? It's, it's on the board. That damn technology. Fucking technology. I know. What are we going to call it? Sack call what? The show. What? The show. What show? The new show. Wednesdays. Every Wednesdays. Every Wednesday on shrmedia.com. 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. Um, sackheads, sackheads. Against tyranny. There you Against go. Against tyranny. I like that. I like that. Let's do it. You guys are porked. Hello. I'm Tim Hart. I'm the guy BZ hires due to his shameless contract with the SHR Media Network. To voice his promos, he'd like me to tell you that the Bloviating Zeppelin's Berserk Bobcat Saloon radio show can be found on SHR Media Network, Spreaker, and YouTube every Tuesday and Thursday night at 11 p.m. Eastern and 8 p.m. Pacific, featuring right thinking from a left brain and doing the job the American media maggots won't. You'll find that the speech is free, but the drinks are not. There, in the saloon, just when safety pin manufacturers are running out of metal for the diapers of the leftists, BZ is sending his personal drones of freedom into the wheelhouses and ossicles of lovers of sovereignty and liberty nationally and globally. Broadcasting behind enemy lines in occupied California, BZ swears that no rights were harmed in the making of this promo. It's your business diva here, Melanie Collette. I am inviting you to a front row seat as I discuss some of the most intriguing details of wealth and finance with today's movers and shakers in the world of business. Listen in and discover financial truths on a global, domestic, and household scale. Uncover topics that will impact your wallet today and in the future. Money Talk with Melanie airs Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. East, 2 p.m. West, right here on SHR Media and High Plains Pundit Talk Radio. You can't afford to miss it conservative media done right you're listening to 
the SHR Media Network. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's the second hour of the Bloviating Zeppelin's Berserk Bobcat Saloon Radio Show, live and direct in the SHR Media Network, as I broadcast from this sumptuous e-palation studio. It really is a studio, except that, I mean, right over there, there's a bathroom. You can't see it. Back behind me, there's a porch. It's actually a studio, and this is actually a radio show. My effervescent and completely ebullient thanks once again to Sir Ken of McClinton for deigning to be on my little wacky show. Uh, I greatly appreciate his time and effort, and especially, like I said earlier, for him staying up so damn late, because now, let's see, it's nine minutes after midnight, and one thing I learned about Ken from Freedom Fest is Ken doesn't generally like to stay up real late, so that's why I really appreciate the time that Ken took uh, for the show That having been said, I told everybody that I would, I do have a story that fits this, and I I didn't want to do it in the first hour, so let's do it now, because this is absolutely wacky. It's happy, yeah, but it's also packed full of Mark 1, Model 1, schadenfreude, right? It's time for Happy Happy Stories and Good Times. Here's a story that you didn't see coming, and I sure as hell didn't see this coming as well. This is from, of all places, the Los Angeles Times, who apparently have their finger on the scales as well. The headline is is a, a little misleading because there's more to it than that. And the other thing is, I happen to hear the person that's backing this speak on Tucker Carlson, and I'll tell you what he happened to see uh, say about this plan. The headline from the Los Angeles Times says, Calexit leaders are back with a new plan to set aside land for Native Americans. Huh, that seems kind of odd, yet yet maybe potentially kind of interesting, right? Let me back up a little bit. Calexit. Well, what the original planners of Calexit wanted to do is break the state up into thirds. And the way they geographically had that delineated each state that they would call California, Northern California, and Southern California, each one of those areas were geographically cut out so that they would basically all be blue, because California is mostly blue, except for when you get kind of up in the mountainous areas and kind of the north and the northeast, not on the coast at all. Having said that, a judge then said, because that proposition was going to be on the November ballot, we in California were going to vote on, do we want to cut the state into thirds? And the reason they wanted to cut the state into thirds, and if you brace them on it, nobody wanted to say this, is in the Senate, there are two senators from every state, right? California has two. And so this great idea was, wait, If we can sucker the people into voting for this three-state proposition, that means because we know that every state that we divided because of the way we cut it, each state gets two senators, and the way we divided it geographically, that means that California will now have not two, not four, but six senators. So they wanted to take over the Senate by creating a series of 
two more states that they knew would go blue. So you'd increase the Senate because you'd have to. Each state gets two senators. And then a judge said, no, I don't think that that proposition is going to go on the ballot for now. Well, they had to have a plan B. Here's their plan B. CalExit leaders are back with a new plan to set aside land for Native Americans. Hmm. The devil is in the details. The activists behind the CalExit proposal. This is very interesting that the Los Angeles Times would label the people behind this as activists. Behind the CalExit proposal to cleave California are scrapping their old plans in favor of a new secessionist proposal, one that would create what organizers call an autonomous native nation within a new independent state. Listen to this. The California Secretary of State cleared the group Yes California in April to begin collecting signatures from voters to place on the 2021 ballot the question of one of whether or not California should secede from the United States. But with that group's October 17th deadline to deliver signatures from 365,880 registered voters fast approaching, organizers are moving away from that effort and redirecting resources to the new proposal, said Marcus Ruiz Evans, president of Yes California. So the three-state proposal tanked. Now they want to just secede from the union. Well, that doesn't look like they were going to get there in terms of time. So now it's plan B. You could almost say that this is a plan C. The new plan would combine secession with the creation of the, quote, autonomous native nation within that newly independent state of California. Evans said autonomous nation. Hmm, Now, what does that mean? Uh, The new plan would combine secession with the creation of the autonomous native nation within that newly independent state of California. He said previous Cal exit proposals have been criticized for not doing enough for Native Americans. The new proposal, and I wish I could uh, show you this graphic, the new proposal seeks to address that by handing off You're going to love this because you're not in California, so you don't give a crap about that. And I hope to be out of here before this happens. But again, the the skill with which leftists want to butcher most all laws and regulations is beyond human kin. Sorry, Ken, I didn't mean to offend you with that. Uh, The new proposal seeks to address that by handing off a large swath of the theoretical new California, he said. An illustration provided by Yes California shows the state bisected from Oregon to the U.S.-Mexico border with the new California comprising western coastal areas and the autonomous native nation containing inland regions. Let's see. I might be able to take a photograph of this and show you. At first blush, you're probably thinking to yourself, self, that might not sound like a a terribly bad idea because if California ends up blowing itself up, hey, that's okay. That's all right with me. That'd be just fine. Well, the devil again is in the details. Let me see if I can take this photograph and show you out of this. There we go. It's funny that the people who want to carve up California, it's interesting to note just what it is that they're going to be giving to uh, the Native Americans. If I can pull this uh, photograph up here. Here we go. 
Okay, let me see if you can you can see that. It says the new Cal Exit plan. Now you can see in orange if you happen to be watching on YouTube. On orange it says autonomous native nation. And then in the yellow it says California. So essentially the the big population centers and the cool places with all the oceans uh, the regular Californians get. And the native nation gets uh, a lot of Northern California and pretty much an ass load of desert down below. Now, the one thing that's interesting about this is you have to ask yourself, how generous are Native Americans going to be to the rest of California? Because if you look at that map, one thing that you immediately observe is that the Sierra Nevada mountains are completely encompassed by the autonomous Native nation, meaning they have the water, they have the mountains. Well, water runs downhill, but the water originally belongs to them. So I wonder, will the autonomous Native nation be ever so willing and ready to share their water with the rest of the people? Well, I told you that Tucker Carlson interviewed this guy. And what this guy said is that if this happens, finally, brown people will tell white people what to do and we'll make sure that the white people get absolutely nothing from this as well. So now you see the thought processes behind everybody and, and what they're doing. Interesting, if nothing else. Creative. I have to give them that. A C for creative. Average, so to speak. Now, if you were ever wondering, we're going we're gonna to transmogrify and, and walk over to uh, Robert Mueller and his case with Paul Manafort. And everyone on the left, the LDAM leftists, Democrats, and American media maggots are trying to do their level best to ensure that everyone realizes Robert Mueller and his special counsel, they're not biased at all. There isn't a biased bone or a hangnail between any of them. No, it just doesn't happen. However, uh, Mueller is going to give, uh, let's see, uh, Tony Podesta immunity against Paul Manafort. Well, that's not biased at all, is it? Uh, you're going to have to tell me at the conclusion of this story. The summary is this. Robert Mueller, as special counsel, is providing criminal immunity to Tony Podesta. Now, he's the brother, if you remember, of Hillary Rodham Clinton's chief campaign chairman in 2016, John Podesta. And again, if you go back in the, the annals of your brain, you're going to remember that it was Wait, it was John Podesta. He was the guy that came out election night to announce that Hillary Rodham Clinton is not going to be appearing to make her concession speech because she's already three sheets to the wind and she can't stand up straight. So let's make it clear. OK, Paul Manafort allegedly did the same thing that Tony Podesta did. Yet Podesta will potentially be receiving immunity from prosecution. Paul Manafort not found guilty of any crime whatsoever and not even having gone to court is currently being held in solitary custody and not ADSEG. Stop. What does that mean, BZ? It means that the people that are keeping him in prison, he is in a prison pending his trial and his trial started, let's see, today was I think the third day of his trial. So before that, 
for uh, at least two months, he was kept in solitary confinement. Now, they have the ability to place him into ADSEG, which is administrative segregation, which means that take a bunch of people kind of like him and they all put together, they all get together and they all play nice in the sandbox. No, this was punitive. They decided that they were going to try to break Paul Manafort like a bad walnut and put him in solitary confinement. That meant, literally, he was in a cell by himself 23 hours a day every day of the week for at least two months. And that was purposeful to try to break him. And as the judge said, not not to make him just sing like a bird, but to make him compose. And the difference between the two is singing is uh, spilling your guts, so to speak, if you have anything to spill. Composition means that you're in such a predicament that you'll say anything the government tells you to say. That's the situation with Paul Manafort. That's the finest example that I can think of of, of complete indifference and non-bias on behalf of Robert Mueller that I can envision. Right? Okay, so here's an article from TheHill.com. Note the conspicuous absence of the names of the persons who are going to be granted immunity. And you really didn't hear much about this. And I had to kind of look high and low to find this article from The Hill. Uh, Why would it be that names were not given? Well, let's get to the article. Uh, And that's because, uh, I'll tell you, that's because the Mueller team doesn't want you to know or see that Tony Podesta is going to be among those names of persons that are going to get immunity to testify against Paul Manafort from The Hill. Mueller seeking immunity for up to five people to testify in Manafort trial. Attorneys working with special counsel Robert Mueller on Tuesday submitted a request for immunity for up to five witnesses. His team is asked to testify in the trial against Paul Manafort, the former chairman of the Trump campaign. Mueller made the request in court filings Tuesday afternoon, which also requests the identity of the potential witnesses remain under seal. Now you know why. Information escapes, however... And one of the escaping names is Tony Podesta. The five individuals identified in the motions at issue are third parties who have not been charged in the matter and who have not been identified publicly with the case. The filing reads, disclosing the motions would reveal those individuals' involvement in the investigation and the trial, therefore creating the risk of their undue harassment. Well, we can put Paul Manafort in solitary confinement when he's been convicted of absolutely nothing. That's okay. But we wouldn't want some of these people that are getting immunity. We wouldn't want them to be harassed in the slightest because Paul Manafort isn't being harassed. Well, why would there be undue harassment and from whom? Lord knows the the harassment sure shit wouldn't be from the American media maggots. They'd instead, they'd be cheering. So... I want you to note this. Manafort is charged with money laundering and lobbying violations related to his work for pro-Russia parties in Ukraine prior to joining the Trump campaign. Oh, yes. A lot of this goes back to 2005 as well. He denied any wrongdoing and pleaded not guilty last year, but a former business associate, Richard Gates, has pleaded guilty to similar charges, and it's pretty much assured that Richard Gates is going to get on the stand and testify against Paul Manafort. Okay, so to make things even more specific, to show you that Robert Mueller is a biased son of a bitch to the nth degree, here's an article that I found from the Washington Examiner.com, okay? Wait, 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 wait. The Hill loves leaks. 
why didn't we read of this leak covered by the hill? It's easy because the hill leans left. Why would you want to leak something that would further a point by your opposition? Uh, I certainly, I'm not going to believe that the hill acquired a terrible nausea-ridden, like joint-aching case of ethics overnight. So here's something from the Washington Examiner. The headline, Robert Mueller offers named Tony Podesta immunity to testify against Paul Manafort. So says a report. Tony Podesta, founder of the now-shuttered Podesta Group and brother to former Hillary Clinton campaign chairman John Podesta, has been offered immunity by special counsel Robert Mueller to testify, maybe testify, against former Trump campaign manager Paul Manafort, according to a report. The Fox News Tucker Carlson show tonight announced on his show Thursday, this past Thursday, that two separate resources confirmed the offer. In other words, for a This is the translation. This is how you suss this shit out. In other words, for a near-identical crime, Bill and Hillary's friend, okay, could escape Tony Podesta and emerge completely unscathed, all right, while Paul Manafort is going to rot in jail, potentially, they say, for up to 300 years. But the difference is this, you see, one of them made the very serious mistake of chairing Donald Trump's presidential campaign. Huh, imagine that. Uh, We didn't see that coming, right? broke the story of Tony Podesta's lobbying for Ukraine. Podesta, of course, is the founder of the now defunct Podesta Group, which for years was one of the biggest Democratic firms in Washington. He's also the brother of Clinton campaign chairman John Podesta. He's also a close friend and a major fundraiser for Bill and Hillary Clinton. Now, the Podesta Group, we reported, worked with Paul Manafort to lobby on behalf of Ukrainian interests in the United States without properly registering at the time under the Foreign Agent Registration Act, which is called FARA. Manafort got in big trouble for that. He's now being held in solitary confinement. He's looking at a life sentence behind bars. And Tony Podesta? Whatever happened to him? Well, tonight we can report exclusively, based on two separate sources we spoke to today, that Tony Podesta has been offered immunity by Robert Mueller to testify against Paul Manafort. In other words, for a near-identical crime, Bill and Hillary's friend could skate and emerge completely unscathed, while Paul Manafort may rot in jail. Only one of them made the mistake of chairing Donald Trump's presidential campaign. Imagine that. So I think we can pretty much sum up at this point that there is no bias being displayed whatsoever by Robert Mueller or his uh, his special counsel. Um, So is I think, you know, you have to kind of ask a logical question. Is the Mueller investigation biased? Uh, Can there be any more clear an indication than what I delineated? This this is partisan politics on steroids and it's fueled with meth uh swamp maker's mark uh coitus cheating uh cuckolding billions of dollars and corruption and the stench what i would consider to be the the clear stench of fear and i found this article too i haven't dealt with peter strock in quite some time until i happened to see this article and this this is the kind of article that, that makes you say, and this is why this is a late night program, and why on my social media I say caution, caution, explicit, 
This is the kind of article when you read this, after you read the headline, uh, the first thing that you say is what I send out on my tweets is A-Y-F-K-M, which translates to, are you fucking kidding me? No, I'm not. Not at all. Dig this. You'll really enjoy this. We got about uh, two minutes to the bottom of the hour break. The headline is this. Anti-Trump FBI agent Peter Strzok allowed to declassify documents after joining Mueller probe. Watchdog. Anyone see a little bit of a funny thing with that? I thought that the president could declassify documents. Now, he hasn't yet. People are asking him to declassify FISA documents. He hasn't yet. And yet we're discovering now that Peter Strzok was given the ability to declassify documents after joining the Robert Mueller special counsel probe. Speaking of probe, we also know, recognize after the story that I just gave you, the probity of Robert Mueller and his special counsel team. New internal emails show that anti-Trump FBI agent Peter Strzok demanded to preserve all the powers he held as a deputy assistant director. Stop. Were you aware that Peter Strzok wasn't just a line-level agent? He's not just a gumshoe that walks around on the first floor and has a little cubby about four feet by five feet. No, he was the deputy assistant director of all of counterterrorism in the Federal Bureau of Investigation. And he demanded to, to keep all those powers when he agreed to move over to Robert Mueller's special counsel in 2017 because it was a Russia probe. The emails show his superiors agreed and made him a floating deputy who could still handle counterintelligence cases and declassify documents as he saw fit as he investigated the Trump campaign for Mr. Mueller. Did you hear about this? Did you Were you cognizant of all of his powers? My guess would be, no, you weren't. The uh, emails were obtained by the conservative watchdog group Judicial Watch. I send a check every now and then to Tom Fitton of uh, Judicial Watch. I also send a check every now and then to the ACLJ. They're doing God's work because nobody else seems to be much interested in doing that. President Tom Fitton has emerged as one of uh, Washington's most aggressive investigators into how the Justice Department and the FBI pursued President Trump. So they get all pissed off because I've said you can't trust the FBI anymore, and I've said you can't trust the DOJ anymore. And speaking of Paul Manafort, uh, here's what I think Manafort's lawyers should do. Back in 2006, uh, Sackett's Clinton and I spoke about this. Oh, I'm going to have to go to a break. Let me wrap this up before I, I go to the break. Yesterday, uh, Sackheads Clint and I talked about uh, that Paul Manafort, the same thing that he's being held to answer for in terms of a trial now, Rod Rosenstein cleared Manafort of back in 2006. And I heard information similar to the Manafort lawyers want to call Rod Rosenstein to the stand to ask him to tell all as to why he exonerated Paul Manafort back in 2006. And then, of course, to ask the next logical question to the current prosecutors is, well, it's an if-then equation. If Rod Rosenstein, 
apparently a very fine prosecutor and knows what he's doing. Ha ha. If he found him exonerated in 2006, why in the fuck are you prosecuting our client now? You're listening to the SHR Media Network. The new show on the SHR Media Network, Sackheads Against Tyranny. On shrmedia.com, go there quick like a bunny, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific, every Wednesday, live and direct on the SHR Media Network, shrmedia.com. Be there. Human by race, Christian by faith, American by nationality, and conservative by choice, Reverend Ralph J. Chittam Sr. is the right guy on SHR Media from 8.05 to 9 p.m., Monday through Friday. And if on the rare occasion I am ever wrong, I will still always be right. The Right Guy on SHR Media. When dirty politicians, shadow governments, and deceptive Islam blind the world with fake stream media smoke, their only fear is one man with a cane. I'm Dave Milner. Join me through shrmedia.com, highplainstalkradio.com, and the Western Free Radio Network at Spreaker, YouTube, and iTunes for a different perspective weekly on The Unpleasant Blind Guy. And catch me on Jeff Mitchell's EDL Radio on blogtalkradio.com. There's no surrender ever. Because truth is not always pleasant. Hey, this is Michael Wright. And I'm Shannon Wright. Join us for The Right Way with Shannon and Mike, Monday through Thursday from 7 to 9 a.m., right here on SHR Media. Why are they joining us? For fun things like sports, politics. Oh, maybe some news and entertainment? And all kinds of other things. Money and recipes and events, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, so join us Monday through Thursday, 7 to 9 a.m. here on shrmedia.com. Hey, who's going to take Sean's chair? Uh, well, uh, I'll, I'll run the buttons if you want. The what? The bu- well, the slider, the slider the thingies. Those the what? things. We have those? Yeah, right, right over there. Where? It's, it's on the board. That damn technology. Fucking technology. No. What are we going to call it? Sack call what? The show. What? The show. What show? The new show, Wednesdays. Every Wednesdays, every Wednesday on shrmedia.com. 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. Um, sackheads, sackheads. Against tyranny. There you Against go. Against tyranny. I like that. I like that. Let's do it. You guys are port. Hello. I'm Tim Hart. I'm the guy BZ hires due to his shameless contract with the SHR Media Network. To voice his promos, he'd like me to tell you that the bloviating Zeppelin's Berserk Bobcat Saloon radio show can be found on SHR Media Network, Spreaker, and YouTube every Tuesday and Thursday night at 11 p.m. Eastern and 8 p.m. Pacific, featuring right thinking from a left brain and doing the job the American media maggots won't. You'll find that the speech is free, but the drinks are not. There, in the saloon, just when safety pin manufacturers are running out of metal for the diapers of the leftists, BZ is sending his personal drones of freedom into the wheelhouses and ossicles of lovers of sovereignty and liberty nationally and globally. Broadcasting behind enemy lines in occupied California, BZ swears that no rights were harmed in the making of this promo. 
It's your business diva here, Melanie Collette. I am inviting you to a front row seat as I discuss some of the most intriguing details of wealth and finance with today's movers and shakers in the world of business. Listen in and discover financial truths on a global, domestic, and household scale. Uncover topics that will impact your wallet today and in the future. Money Talk with Melanie airs Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. East, 2 p.m. West, right here on SHR Media and High Plains Pundit Talk Radio. You can't afford to miss it. Conservative media done right. You're listening to the SHR Media Network. It's the final 25, the last segment, the final 25 minutes of the Berserk Bobcat Saloon Radio Show, starring me, your little fat piece of crap here, in all my hairy glory, sitting in the sumptuous and palatial SHR Media Network Studios. Two miles, oop, put up another finger, BZ, two, two miles, count them, two miles from the belly of the beast, the Bill Mill, the locus of evil on the entire left coast, the Capitol building in Chatramento, Fornicalia, and at night when I open that door that's right over there, you can't see it, and I'm not going to move the damn camera, when I open that door at the end of the show, what's going to waft in? Besides smoke from all the damn fires because California has no wildlife or forest management. What's going to waft in when I open the door is I'll be able to smell the the brimstone and sulfur that's issuing forth from that locus of evil downtown. The Bill Mill in California. I came across information that I think, again, purposely has been withheld because you certainly didn't hear it in, uh, I think it was 2016. No, I'm sorry, 2014 when this originally happened. And uh, the information kind of squeaked under the radar. Well, BZ, he looks for squeaks and found this particular article. Now, anybody that knows me knows that I'm not the greatest fan of John McCain. John McCain, as I've said for quite some time, for many years, should simply, I don't know if you remember, but John McCain attempted to hold the GOP hostage uh, back in 2003, 2004, and he said, you either give me what I want or I'm going to take all my toys and become a Democrat, and he didn't. Oh, wait a minute. Okay. Damn, if I only had a producer, what you would have heard was this. Uh, John McCain wanted to take all his toys and become a Democrat. But anyway, I don't have a producer, so that's not what you heard. Uh, and he, he should have. All along, I've said... And I continue to say and will continue to say two things in life that I value, honesty and clarity, honesty and clarity. By the way, for those of you just tuned in, honesty and clarity, both things that John McCain absolutely lacks. He should have been honest and just changed his R to a D and been done with it because that's who he most properly identifies with. Thank God he doesn't identify as a 1955 GE refrigerator. Thank God. Or words to that effect, Senator. Anyway, the question is, I found out. Who urged the IRS under Lois Lerner to pummel the crap out of conservative groups? 
If I told you that it was John McCain's office, would you be surprised? Would you be shocked? You know, I always pretty much knew that John McCain was uh, an unmitigated asshole who customarily made any issue about him. And like I said, should should have changed his uh, R to a D quite some time ago. And it's no secret that McCain threatened to step across the aisle. Uh, he's been functionally a, a Democrat for many years. So this is from the Washington Times. The headline, McCain's office urged IRS to use audits as weapons to destroy political advocacy groups. And about this time, you're probably thinking to yourself, uh? and no, John McCain wouldn't do that. Well, they said John McCain's office, but... If that comes out of John McCain's office, are you silly, stupid, or specious enough to think that John McCain didn't know exactly what was happening? A new report from Judicial Watch. Thank you, Tom Fitton, reveals a concerted effort from Senator John McCain's office to urge the IRS back then under Lois Lerner to strike out against political advocacy groups, including... Tea Party organizations, because that's when the Tea Party was going nice and strong. Thanks to the results of an extensive Freedom of Information Act, a FOIA request has been delayed for many years. Judicial Watch has obtained several key emails from 2013 that chronicle McCain's and Democrat Senator Carl Levin's efforts to rein in the advocacy groups that sprouted immediately following the Citizens United decision from the Supreme Court, which John McCain didn't really care for. So wondrous John McCain keeping his end of the bargain to ensure his application to the Democrat Party isn't round-filed. The documents uncovered by Judicial Watch include notes from a high-level meeting on April 30th of 2013 between powerful members of John McCain's and Levin's staffs and Lois Lerner herself, then-director of tax-exempt organizations at the IRS under Barack Hussein Obama. The notes reveal the suggestions from McCain's former staff director and chief counsel on the Senate Homeland Security Permanent Subcommittee, Henry Kerner, who urges Lois Lerner to use IRS edits in the advo- uh, on the advocacy groups to financially ruin them. So just when you thought to yourself, you know, it's got to be Barack Obama that's behind this, and I'm sure he probably had been talking to John McCain How shocked and dismayed and disappointed are you, really, that you have a Republican that is trying to trash the people that he doesn't agree with? He didn't care for Tea Party as far as he was concerned. They were too right for him. And he wanted to be the moderate move to the left. And you don't cross John McCain. You You don't go creative against John McCain. And I've said before, and I'll say it again, it's all about John McCain, uh, specifically from Judicial Watch. Lerner and other IRS officials met with select top staffers from the Senate Governmental Affairs Committee in a marathon meeting to discuss concerns raised by both Carl Levin, a Democrat from Minnesota, and John McCain, the Republican from Arizona, that the IRS was not reining in political advocacy groups in response to the Supreme Court Citizen United decision. 
Senator McCain had been the chief sponsor of the McCain-Feingold Act and called the Citizens United decision, which overturned portions of the act. Now you see why McCain is pissed, because it's all about McCain. And he's being overruled. And he's being overturned. By the way, that was a Supreme Court decision, just that I'd tell you that. Uh, it was, and he called it one of the worst decisions ever made. Except, um, Johnny, it was the law, my friend. In the full notes of an April 30th meeting, McCain's high-ranking staffer, Kerner, recommends harassing nonprofit groups until they are unable to continue operating. This is a Republican. This is John McCain. I want you to remember this. And I think this should be John McCain's legacy. Stop just for a minute. We all know that John McCain has brain cancer. And I'm sorry for that. I've had cancer. I'm still here. And I don't know what kind of a regimen he's on. I wouldn't wish cancer on anyone. But he should be adjudged in the same fashion that everybody else on the rest of this planet is adjudged as well. And that is, what have you done for me recently? Now I recognize that he served his country. Uh, His father was an admiral, and he was a pilot in the uh, U.S. Navy. Got shot down. There are some people that say that when he was in the Hanoi Hilton, that they believe that he gave up information that other pilots did not, and therefore he was treated better than everybody else, and that he got out of the Hanoi Hilton earlier than a lot of the other pilots allegedly because of this. Whether that's true or not, I really don't give a fuck. But the thing is, if you're not going to be honest and clear with me and the rest of the citizens of the United States, and you're going to pull shit like this against conservative groups, you're doing the R behind your name a disservice. Which is why I again say, John McCain doesn't impress me at all. I couldn't give a crap about his military service. As far as I'm concerned, he's been doing nothing for years, for decades, than to attempt to shoot down conservatives. Because if they ever go against him, and you heard how that already happened, he has a mind and he has a temper and he will shoot down whoever. It doesn't make any difference whether they're Republicans, anybody else. So if you wonder where all the hate and discontent were from where that stemmed, And everyone was saying it has to be from the Democrats. Now you have a pretty good and a much better idea that it could have. But it also came from the very irate mind and staff of John McCain, who was allegedly a Republican senator from Arizona. So after all these years... You're beginning to understand that no matter how many lesions John McCain has on his face and whatever sympathy he's managed to draw for his his current tumor status, he was operating in not only his own interests, but actively against conservatives and the Republican Party for years and years and years. And like I said, all the reasons, yeah, he served his country, he was taken prisoner, blah, 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 blah. As I said, in the past decade, McCain has been working overtly and covertly against conservatives 
and against the Republicans. Because if John McCain isn't the center of attention and it isn't all about him, he's not going for it. Back to, okay, back to Judicial Watch. I may have time for another story after this one because I got about 12 minutes before the end of the show. So back to Judicial Watch. Judicial Watch previously reported on the 2013 meeting. Senator McCain then issued a statement decrying false reports claiming that his office was somehow involved in IRS targeting of conservative groups. The IRS previously blacked out and redacted the notes of the meeting, but Judicial Watch found the notes among subsequent documents released by the agency. So, furthermore, that means McCain's office lied. First, they tried to cover up by redacting the documents, and then lied. Not prevaricated, lied. L-I-E-D, they lied. And John McCain, you think he doesn't know what's going on in his office? By rote, that means John McCain lied. He didn't prevaricate. He lied. And his office lied. Judicial Watch separately uncovered that Lerner was under significant pressure from both Democrats in Congress and the Obama DOJ and FBI to prosecute and jail the groups the IRS was already improperly targeting. That opened them up to prison time. Federal prison time, which means that's what John McCain wanted. And he covered it up. He wanted them to do federal prison time because he lied. In discussing pressure from Senator Sheldon Whitehouse, Democrat, Rhode Island, to prosecute these political groups, Lerner admitted it is all about 501c4 orgs and political activity. Okay. Do you remember that Lois Lerner admitted screwing over the Tea Party and various conservative groups? Tea Party attorney Ted Sucklow, he represents some 38 groups who say that they were unfairly targeted by the IRS. The president, as you know, Jay, is saying not so. Let's move on. What do you think? Yeah, well, a U.S. Uh, Court of Appeals in the District of Columbia has acknowledged the targeting scheme. And here's the other thing. The president keeps saying it didn't happen, but the Lois, Lois Lerner admitted it happened. She said that they targeted based on names and policy so what positions. Was he- By the way, this cut is back from when Obama was president, but you need to hear it because this all stemmed from John McCain, his office, both he and they lied. Saying, Jay, that's you know, what confused the- me. That what was the president saying to say, yeah. this is a funding issue, this is, uh, it's a bad law, obviously blame- the, yeah. the, dropping that on Congress's lap, but what is he saying? Yeah. Yeah, bad law that's been around since 1954, by the way. I mean, please. And it, I guess it wasn't a bad law when all the left-wing, left-of-center groups got their tax exemption. It wasn't such a bad law then, including groups that supported the president. But here's the reality. that Let's look at what we do know. Regardless of the emails that we can't find, we do know from emails that we have found that, in fact, Lois Lerner was in cahoots with the Department of Justice to, in their words, quote, piece together, this is what she said, potential criminal cases against our clients for exercising their freedom of speech. So the president should not have said what he's... But he's been doing this. He did it with Bill O'Reilly. He did this 
He's always, he's in a state of denial. His own Justice Department is supposedly still investigating this criminally. So I guess the president's playing prosecutor and jury here. But it's his, it's his IRS that's done this, and they should be held accountable. Now stop. I have to let you know, obviously, that this is back in time, and this is before Judicial Watch under Tom Fitton found all the memos that I indicated prior. So there's more information to indicate that, yeah, you want, to, you want collusion, you want conspiracy to entrap and to basically set up conservative groups so that they did prison time. There's your information. There's your background. There's your evidence. Well, I think ready interview, to your point, whether you agree or disagree, whatever your politics are, he has to check with all his chiefs and say, where do we stand on this if it ever comes out? Yeah. Um, just, just, just doing your homework, you know? But yeah. Okay. And he would find out if he checked with his Department of Justice, supposedly, there's an ongoing investigation. He would also find out that in a case called Z Street, which was targeted because they were a pro-Israel group, they were targeted because they took a position different than the administrations on the Middle East. They were targeted. The IRS admitted... Imagine that. Imagine that. Retribution. ...the targeting here. The FEC and the Department of Justice were in conversations with right. Lois Lerner. And the IRS. So this is the president could say all this he wants. But the reality is, Neil, at the end of the day, and you've been covering this for a long time. We already have the smoke. We already have the fire. We'd like to get the rest of the evidence because I suspect it's a, a five alarm fire when we see the rest of yeah, these especially emails. when these agencies themselves launch an investigation into said five alarm fire. Uh, Jay, thank you very, very much. And now, you know, the rest of the information. I got time for about one more article. And uh, we were talking about bias. And uh, I was going to ask, I didn't have enough time to ask Ken McClinton about this, but he already, he already said that because he's a black American who happens to lean to the right and is conservative and has a radio show, etc., that uh, he is persona non grata with regard to certain elements in the District of Columbia. Funny, funny, funny. Uh, here is a story. Story. Here we go. This just happened, and I have the tweets to show you about this. Don't know if you heard, but uh, does does anybody remember uh, what's that guy? Papa John Schnatter, uh, who recently got kicked out of his very own business, the business he started when he called. He somehow used an N-word and was phrasing what somebody had told him, and he repeated the N-word, and he gets kicked out of the very company that he created. So he loses a job, okay? So that's what happens in that regard. Now, don't know if you were aware, the New York Times just hired an individual who is Korean, I believe, a Korean female, and let me see if I can pull up the tweets. Okay, I have access to them. Uh, this is from a Washington article. And it says, New York Times defends newly hired opinion writer with history of anti-white tweets. Newspaper attributes racist blasts to frequent online harassment. Well, gee, that sounds like a story. What is it? Apparently, it's tougher than it looks to find editorial writers without a history of racially charged tweets, judging from the recent experience of the New York Times. Six months after giving the heave-ho to an opinion writer over her insensitive social media comments, the New York Times is standing by Sarah Jong. 
its newly hired lead technology scribe on the editorial side, despite the racist skeletons in her Twitter feed. So I have a couple of examples. She wrote under the name of professional Twitter name, hashtag cancel white people, professional Twitter name. Are white people genetically predisposed to burn faster in the sun, thus, thus logically being only fit to live underground like groveling goblins? Professional Twitter name, Sarah Zhang. I was equating Trump to Hitler before it was cool. Imagine that. Uh, in a statement, the newspaper chalked up her anti-white blasts, such as white men are bullshit, as a reaction to frequent online harassment. I guess that means she really didn't mean that, right? Her journalism and the fact that she is a young Asian woman have made her a subject of frequent online harassment, the Times said. For a period of time, she responded to that harassment by imitating the rhetoric of her harassers. That's, that's certainly justifiable, don't you think? Her firing, or excuse me, I'm sorry, it was John Schnatter, the creator and owner and CEO of Papa John's. He got fired for repeating a prior quote. So he was forced out of his job. She gets a job, so she's hired. Her hiring was met yesterday with a spate of criticism over more than a dozen hostile tweets, most from 2014 in which she referred to dumbass fucking white people and declared, oh man, it's kind of sick how much joy I get out of being cruel to old white men. And this is the person you want to hire at the New York Times. Times officials acknowledged that they were aware of her social media history before they offered her the editorial board post, saying it came out during the vetting process. She sees now... She sees now that this approach only served to feed the vitriol that we too often see on social media. She regrets it, and the Times does not condone it. Well, um, apparently no, that's wrong. You do condone it because you hired the racist bitch. evil and judgmental you are. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, thanks for listening to the Borbiating Zeppelin's Berserk Bobcat Saloon Radio Show live and direct right here on the SHR Media Network. If you want to contact me, you can read my blog at borbiatingzeppelin.net. You can find me on Twitter at bzep, B-Z-E-P. My original intro music is by Possessed Tranquility. You can find them at ReverbNation.com. Promotional consideration for tonight's show is by Lockheed Martin Skunk Works, by the Boeing Company. If it ain't Boeing, I ain't going. Also by Pratt & Whitney Engines Thrust. You can trust. Thanks to my personal KC-135 Kettle 1 refueling team, with whom I will be logically consorting in less than an hour. I want to thank Ken McClinton, Sir Ken of McClinton, for being on the show tonight for a full half hour from 11 o'clock Eastern to midnight. Thanks for that time, sir. I want to thank you for being in chat tonight. I want to thank you for listening to the show live. And I also want to thank you for listening to the podcast. Folks, you have a great weekend. God bless. 
Take care. You be safe. Everybody quiet down now and get some sleep. Good night, everybody. Good night, Mama. Good night, Ben. Good night, everyone. Good night, Mama. Good night, Daddy. Good night, children. Good night, Daddy. Good night, Elizabeth. Good night, John Boy. Good night, Jim Bob. Good night, Jim Bob. Good night, Jim Bob. What's going on? I was asleep. What's everybody doing? Good night, Good night Jim, Jim Bob. Good night, and good luck. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.